0: Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance.
1: All right, Social Witnessing episode 21 with our guest, Echo. Hi, Echo. Hello. How's it going?
2: How are you guys? Good. Good.
1: Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday night. I needed this day <laughs> From that kind of week. I needed Saturday.
2: Um, so, I'm glad we're talking because this is basically the only thing making it feel like a Saturday night. Chatting with you guys, drinking our hands. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, they all kind of start to mold one into the other.
1: Yeah, this one, I mean... I am struggling to not think about working tonight. And so I'm really trying to have a true Saturday. Like this is real
2: Saturday, not the same as every other day. (laughs) Have a day off. Okay. And even I will do our very best to pull you into a Saturday mindset. Yeah. (laughs) Saturday (laughs) night. So usual way we start this off. How are you?
1: How are things going? How is your transition being? All the, all the, all the good stuff to get us to the point. Like, where are you at now?
2: Mm. I am doing well. I think maybe this last week or so, I've been maybe doing the best I have been um, since quarantine started. I don't know if there's any reason. Maybe I've just seen people more. Like
1: um, virtually
2: or like actually seeing them in person? Um, Both, like talking on the phone or going for walks and like just in a distanced way. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Tell us about the bad times. (laughs) <laughs> nobody cares about the good times
2: we don't want to hear about your happiness tell no, me t- 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 us t- about Ray. all the, the six weeks prior to the good one uh, actually yeah sure <laughs> hmm.
0: why Why was this week different apart from just seeing people or like in what way um, w- what made the first few weeks hard is kind of more the question I'm trying to ask
2: hmm um, I guess to compare it like it's a, as always, I'm sure it's a bunch of things mixed together, like physically, I feel better, like I don't, the first thing that I remember feeling when I realized like, oh, this is a really serious, scary, multifaceted pandemic thing that we're going into um I just I could feel cortisol like racing through my entire body I'm like every cell is like shaking with stress Mm. and that kind of went on for maybe like three days um until you know even if I could kind of calm my mind down like my body was really um I guess processing Uh, you know physically processing what we were facing yeah Hmm.
1: yeah I think we we touched on that a bit too that like even if you can kind of wrap your mind around it or decide you're going to live day to day in some ways you're still having that like that flight response that like you know that feeling of being trapped and needing to do something but there's nothing to do and there's no control over the situation
2: right yeah 100% and even though like we don't actually want to feel that in a way I'm also glad because I I want myself to process things. I don't want to, like, I'd rather go through it as we're going through it instead of avoiding it and having it Mm -hmm. come out in other ways later. So I'm glad that my body took care of whatever my mind was done thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, I guess lately we've, I'm, I'm sure that our lives don't really feel normal, but we have found some type of groove Mm-hmm. to be in and it might not always work every day and we might not stay in it but hopefully everybody has kind of found something that feels familiar whether it's good or not
1: yeah or even like I don't know what all the stages of grief are off the top of my head but I feel like I definitely was in denial at first lots of denial mm. and then I had some moments of anger and bargaining in there and then just like some real down moments some real grief and some I think now I'm I'm somewhere between acceptance do you find you're like there too like some days I'm still bargaining (laughs) I'm finding more days of acceptance like this is what it is and I'm gonna try to make the best of it
2: Mm -hmm. because your job didn't get um like because you've still been working full-time and it's taking so much of your day and mental capacity and energy like do you find do you think that that maybe slowed down your ability to process because you yeah. don't really get a chance to think about it till the end of the day and then also you're tired yeah
1: I definitely think so I think I've been trying to escape it escape it more than maybe other people have because it it is that like I my job's pretty stressful. I'm stressed all day. And then I get off. And even some days where you wants to offload about like what he's heard about COVID in the day, I get so upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can't process anymore. Like I'm still like decompressing from work. And then now I don't have my outlets. Like normally uh, because we live downtown, I walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. So normally minimum on an, any given day, I've walked three kilometers as my base. Never mind all the other things we would do like walking the dog. And so I have a lot of really physical ways to get out my energy, Mm -hmm. but now I'm finding I don't have that. So it's really like I dance and I also was dancing three to five days a week before. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm starting to get back into it. I'm starting to pick up some of the things I had before, especially now that there's more online things, but like for you, are you finding that in your new normal, you found ways of processing anything like any of your stressors or things? Are you finding like, good habits coming out of this now that we've been in this for a a bit?
2: Oh, Echo, can you still hear us?
0: Oh, this is our Better at
2: checking... Oh, Oh, we lost you. you... You're you're back. You're back. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think that I've gotten better at touching in with myself about... Uh, what I'm needing like in this moment or for this day that might be different from other days like at first I just needed a lot of information and even though it was hard to learn the information it was what I needed because I Mm -hmm. wanted facts and I wanted some context and just a sense of where we were at locally and globally and all of that so that's what I needed and right now I'm like I what is healthy for me is to not taken a lot of news right now and so I've just kind of um the best thing for me has been learning what is best for my content intake mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and well kind of pivoting a little bit but speaking of content so up till a few days ago you were just our friend echo and then you sent us your in-
1: what's, well, what's happened you now? sent us
0: your instagram your other instagram account
1: I I only followed you at um, Salt on Ink. I didn't know you had Ink on Us.
2: <laughs> oh right. Okay, so for people. Right. So you
0: you have a I, book.
2: I have a personal. I have a personal. And Michelle Instagram. just
0: called out. Oh sorry.
2: Yeah, your personal. That's your personal. <laughs> oh, no, I have a I have a personal one just under oh, okay. my name, like Echo Kwan, where I follow like my friends and family, and then I have. <laughs> These like secret public mm-hmm. <laughs> Instagrams that um I've been running for fun for the past couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't tell anybody about it. Sometimes my friends find it and yeah.
0: I'm the same way with with all my secondary side hustle accounts. I don't like anyone I know to follow or to to even know about it, but that account that you um shared with us, us, mm-hmm. um, is a book mm-hmm. uh booksgram booksgram where you read you're a prolific reader so you read books and you share like excerpts and thoughts on it and pictures and i assume you do all the images yourself it's very right uh, well it's beautiful like first off it's a really beautiful account and probably the best book account that i've seen on instagram
2: Thank you so much. I love that. It's the first one you've seen on Instagram. So it is.
1: You, you need, you need <laughs> is like his job is in social media and all he does is look at social media and accounts all day. And when I showed mm. him yours, he was like, why haven't you shown me this before? i like, I didn't know she
2: had it. <laughs> Thank you, you guys. For well, and I fine. have so many
0: questions about it because I rarely meet people. It's funny. We just had earlier. We did a podcast with my friend Ellie, who has a really awesome mm-hmm. uh, account in the uh, nutrition and health and wellness space. And
2: oh, really? I'll look up. I'll look up her episode later. So yeah, it's yeah, really it's interesting
0: and really like a really great account. That that I was saying to her on on our last podcast. That you know, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it because it's off. It felt authentic, and I was trying not to be. Um, Bias just because she's a friend but uh, you see mm-hmm. so many of these like health and food accounts that are just like someone sitting behind a keyboard not actually doing anything any part of it or like participating they're just finding content and resharing and it's the same I feel like with a lot of uh, literature account well you, whereas yours mm-hmm. is really like you can tell you're the one sitting there reading these books not just finding an excerpt by by flipping through the pages and then the amount of work that you must put into um, staging the the photographs a lot of them I thought was really amazing so I wanted to hear kind of like I saw that it, it started in 2016 so kind of why you started it and um, yeah how it's been and what your goals are Michelle just pulling up for me uh, we screenshotted your first post just to kind of because I thought it was really well said so if you don't mind I'm going to read it
1: oh please I don't okay know.
0: so <laughs> uh, it's from 2016 so each of our favorite books Begins with a first word. Each favorite song with a note. Each relationship with an encounter. What makes these interactions special is that there is a meeting of a need with a new thing. I read. I read books that I need to learn from or escape into. I listen to music that articulates something I need to feel. And I'm creating a space here because I need to meet you folks who also live off of words and stories and beauties like it's food. So very well said. Yeah, it is really. Yeah, I really love that. And so I just wanted to know if you wanted to share a bit about what that um, what that whole journey has been like
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, I think one of the main reasons that I started a bookstagram account well I think when I started I just discovered it maybe a couple of months ago I didn't know there was this little nerdy niche on Instagram where people just post about books that they're reading um, or that they're interested in reading and I'm like oh this is perfect this is like my peak nerdy self where a lot of my friends read but I I kind of feel like okay I have a limit I can talk to them about it for you know a certain amount of time but I'll have to cut myself off but in this space I'm like okay I can come here and only talk about literature and my background like I studied I did my all my degrees in literature and um you know, professionally, I was going to go into a PhD and get my doctorate in literature and become prof and teach. So I, after my master's, I kind of changed courses and used writing and my thoughts about storytelling and culture within um, marketing and different things. So uh, I guess I really missed really deep diving into books after leaving academia and this is one of the ways that I'm like oh I can still really nerd mm-hmm. out over literature this way and really share it and not just read by myself but have a dialogue with people.
1: And do you find like do people engage with you through your through your um Instagram?
2: Yes, other fellow readers which is great. It's really wonderful to chat with people who I wouldn't have met otherwise who live all over the world and um, I've learned about a lot of different authors that I'd never even heard of. I'm like, how did I make it through these degrees? And I've never heard of, you know, Eve Babbitt's or Lucia Berlin. Um, So I've discovered some really wonderful work through Instagram, which is wonderful and wonderful people through Instagram too, which, you know, depending on, I guess, what pocket of Instagram you're in, like, you know, fitness or fashion and other things, like I'm sure all those different, cultures are a little bit different but um bookstagram is pretty wonderful like <laughs> it's wholesome there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of haters in the comments or anything like that it's just yeah purely just a love of reading and storytelling
0: and c- because this is where i nerd out is more of like the um I-, I guess the business side i don't know if we call it business but but the um, well, basically, my question is, do you, ha- do you do it just out of pure passion or do you hope that one day it turns into some sort of career or at least some something you can monetize? Because it seems like just from reading the post and looking at, at what you're doing, that it's like 100 uh, percent a heart project, but it's so well put together. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a lot of effort just for um, I guess it's just art. But is that how you see it? Mm -hmm. Or do you see it as as a platform for something else maybe one day? Uh,
2: I think I went into it prepared, you know, like when I started, I'm like, maybe I'll never have more than 100 followers (laughs) and um, nothing will happen except that I just keep posting about things that I really care about. And that is the maximum that this account will be. And I felt happy with that I'm like I'll be satisfied if I get nothing more out of it than sharing my thoughts about books and um, it would be great if there's other opportunities but I also feel like it's become a pretty saturated area Mm -hmm. on Instagram there's many many bookstagram accounts many that are much larger than mine with um, much better photography and um, partnerships with Publishers and other companies and things like that, and you know, good for them. Like that's great. well, the
0: good news is there are a lot more readers than there are Bookstagram accounts. You know, so I, I think it's. <laughs> I think there. Right. It's. I don't think there's any way for it to really be saturated. Um, and honestly, like I was saying to Michelle, if I had looked at your account from the bottom on up, from the bottom up, I would have expected to reach the top and see like two, three hundred k followers. And so I really. Yeah. If it's something you love, I would definitely, yeah, keep going with it.
1: I don't, I don't know how you can't see Yaniv's face right now, but Yaniv is all about um, social, like he does so much content and building, building um, sites and things like that. So I think he's like <laughs> struggling to keep it, not a business conversation, but he, I know he's dying <laughs> inside being like, this is what you need to do. I can help you.
2: Let <laughs> me
0: tell you, Let me tell you five ways has. to be an influencer. <laughs>
2: Do you, is there one specific thing that you're really wanting to talk about, or no? I just uh, yeah, I just wanted
0: the... to share my thoughts on that. But uh, yeah, we could always mm. go deeper if you ever wanted to have a conversation. Like um, yeah, I think I would run ads against all your all your posts to fans of those books um, or of other Bookstagram accounts. That'd be my like quick and quick thirty second how I would play it. But that's, Mm -hmm. that's why I was asking, because it might not be that for you, you might just enjoy the passion of it. And if you kind of try to monetize or not even monetize, but grow it more aggressively, then maybe something Mm -hmm. will be lost. So it's every person's different.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I haven't. um, It's great to have people listening and reading and uh, talking back to things that I post because it's wouldn't be very fun just to post things to silence right (laughs) so that's great um I think what it is now is awesome and I'm open to wherever it goes but yes I did just start this just purely for love
0: and have you always been into photography I assume you've been into books for for a long time obviously with your background in education but what about the photography side of it
2: uh I like pretty much all creative anything creative anything that has to do with beauty I'm interested in so it's just a hobby I don't have training but it's something I enjoy at a very amateur level but (laughs) yes
0: yeah and something I was thinking about is like I've I used to love to read when I was young I used to just like consume Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time by myself my uh I was uh, the first born and then my sister wasn't born until five years later. So we were never really in the same age group. And so, Mm -hmm. and we moved a lot from like country to country growing up. And so I spent a lot of time by myself with my parents working and uh, books were kind of my escape. And Mm -hmm. as I got older, I still like get that in bursts, uh, more inspiration of like seeing a good book and wanting to buy it and I'll buy it, but then it just sits on the shelf. And I was curious your opinion, whether you think that's, something that's been lost or maybe it's just easier to become to be a passive consumer now with uh, with Netflix and all that why why do you think what's your Mm. hypothesis on that
2: I think our attention and relationship with time um, has changed so drastically because even for myself who grew up reading did my degrees in literature like it was hard for me to get back into pleasure reading after I left um school, you know, because I'm like, oh, it's it's so slow. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's kind of like for us if we were to watch like Shawshank Redemption or something now, where it's like, hey, I feel like when I watched this as a kid, it was amazing. And now I'm like, why is this moving so slowly?
0: <laughs> Where's the car chase part?
2: <laughs> right. I'm like, when is Ben Diesel going to yeah. leap across <laughs> something? So Yes, I really think that just culturally our attention has changed a lot. So even if you love reading, it does take some effort to kind of switch back into that mode because the great thing about it and the hard thing about it is that it's a realm that has nothing to do with technology. Mm-hmm. I I guess unless you're reading on an e-reader, but everything else in our lives is in some way connected with technology and screens and um it's at a different pace so it's and the it's good to switch out of that but it's hard to yeah
0: and the endorphin rush that we get from like likes and from posting something that people will see as opposed to just sitting there and consuming something i think in a way you maybe have hacked it a little bit um figured out the hack where you can combine that so you get The pleasure of just reading but then you also get to be creative and and get some feedback by posting it and Mm -hmm. i wonder is that does that motivate you more do you find
2: um to yeah i guess it's two different things because you could definitely just post a book that you haven't read at all but you're like I just bought this I got the rush from buying it. yeah <laughs> and I was excited because of you know my friend told me that it was so amazing and I read the reviews and then I bought it and then I'm gonna post about it because I feel like posting mm-hmm. and I feel like sharing that I just got this book and I'll you know look for a quote online about it and share it and then the excitement kind of dwindles <laughs> after that and you don't actually get around to that so that can definitely happen but I try to actually post about books that I either have read um that I'm thinking about for some reason or that I'm currently reading but I'm a very slow reader I don't read more than maybe like four books a month four or five max
0: that'd be a good year for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) when you said that you you always gives me such a hard time because because I'm a slow reader I really read and try to understand at the same time otherwise I can't retain it and you need literally literally will give me like two sentences to read be like oh my goodness this is so funny can you read just read this and I like two minutes and I'm like (laughs) he's like why does it take you so long like I just (laughs) when I read books it's the same like they take me so long and so I find now there's some sort of like guilt about my time I used to read a lot I you know Bethany as well Mm -hmm. Bethany is an avid reader
2: and she would introduce me to so many books so many great books Mm -hmm. she has great recommendations yeah I bet she reads more than me 100% I don't
1: I don't think so I don't think so as much now I think the same thing has happened to her where there's this like guilt around how you spend your time like you Mm -hmm. there's so much to be done in a week that to like like basically like give nurture yourself and nurture your soul through reading is always somehow falls to the bottom of the list until like right now I have a whole shelf of books that I'm going to read and they've probably been there for five years mm-hmm. like just the same ones and I'll never part with them because I'm going to read them but I need the time one book will take me take me some time unless I do all-nighters which I've been known to do to just sit there and just consume it because I can't put it down but
2: Oh, that's the best when you really get into it. Yeah. Just like it, it, you can't get that from a TV show, like the way you get it from a book. It's just different. It is. it is. Yeah, it really is different. And, you know, I think also that people's um, perceptions or like the values that they have with reading is so different because some, some people want to race through it because they're like I need to know what happens Mm -hmm. right like it's plot driven so they're like okay now I know what happens and it's um it's about that and for other people it's maybe mood reading or reading just to have your mind change which Mm is I think what it is for me like what I get out of it is different but, you know, I also raise myself in books kind of like Yaneve did. So that could be why I've given it this type of place yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you ever find too that, like, I-, I find a lot of times when I'm reading, I'm identifying with characters and it's, it's not me in the book, but there's some qualities of myself that I see in those characters. And that's what I really enjoy in the book where it's like teaching me something about myself through someone else's
2: story. Do you think, mm-hmm. do you find that happens for you? Yes, even like you say, like, even if I'm not really like that character, if I don't relate to the character, like I might be learning something um, about my perceptions or even what I want or what I think. And I think the best thing is learning from characters that are nothing like you. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, one of the most valuable things about Reading, like I'll like I'll hear a lot of people say, like, why did this person do that? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe them. How? How could you do that? And I'm like, yeah, it is really hard to think of different mindsets from our own, because how we think is our normal. So mm-hmm. we don't know what is universal and what is just how we're wired. So literature really kind of lets you get into other people's worlds and um, how different their interiors can be from ours. And that's so valuable. Like how else can we live in this world from people who are so different from us and um, see things so differently? Mm-hmm. It's hard to learn.
0: Yeah. I really used to take on kind of the the main character. I'd really like take on their personality while I was in the book. I know, I noticed kind of later on when I was, had more analysis about it. Mm-hmm. Like even even the, the bad characters, I feel like some of those stand out most in my mind. Like there's an Irvin Welsh book that I can't remember about uh, Crooked Cop was like a good guy on the outside but really his inner monologue was just awful and I, I remember feeling like I was just becoming this terrible person while I was reading it <laughs> and just being really negative and, and toxic in my mind towards everybody else and I was at one point I'd start with, what's happening here and then I was like oh it's <laughs> this book that I'm hearing his voice all day in my head
2: I see so Michelle you need to make sure that um, he doesn't read like American Psycho <laughs> yeah. <or laughs> yeah Clockwork Orange <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I think I read Clockwork Orange in in high school, and it was that it really was similar. Where I just like kind of go into the it's like uh, character acting, I guess, Mm. but character reading.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I think good villains are fantastic. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I think now as like reading, like I said, it becomes like time is precious, and reading gets pushed to the bottom, and. I was actually going through our bookshelves recently trying to see what I could purge because just with quarantine and everything, we're in a small space. So I was just trying to make room.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I noticed that almost all the books we have purchased in the past, which have almost all been purchased by Yaniv in the past uh, three years, are all about happiness, joy, being in the now, like self-improvement sort of of works and um, just like more inner like inner work and I -hmm. I thought that was interesting that you know in our 20s we read a lot of fiction I read only fiction Mm -hmm. and then as we've gotten older it's like if you do get that little bit of time to read it's really interesting to read and get like you know someone else's story about what they've gone through and how they came out on the other side and I'm wondering if now maybe that's what we should be doing is spending a bit more time reading things like that because I I think I definitely need a bit of that. And that's what, I mean, I'm trying to get through this as well. Like that positivity and that, like, we're going to get through this. And so do you have any like recommendations of books you're reading that you've, or have read that you found are very, like you felt uplifted when you were done? Like even if it's just hearing someone else's story? Can
0: I just ask, just because it's what you were saying uh, or what, what you were touching on is, do you read any, are you only fiction or do you read any of this more of, I don't know if self-help is the right word, but, but self-improvement. Or
2: self-inspiring, I yeah. like inspiring mm-hmm. stories as well. Um, I read a actually pretty even mix of fiction and nonfiction. Like I love, I really love biographies and autobiographies yeah. and memoirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what falls into self-help because sometimes they're very uh, like psychology based. Mm-hmm. Um what was that book by? I think his name is Matthew Walker. The Why We Sleep. That one is, you know, it's not really self help because it's, he's a sleep researcher. But that was fantastic. But mm-hmm. there's other stuff um, like Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed, which is nonfiction. Um and that one is amazing, but we should play Desert Island, like our Desert Island books, since our life is kind of like Desert Island right now. Like oh. what we would bring. I,
0: I don't even know if I know enough books I, anymore. You know,
2: I I have
1: like like I think it's books that impacted me in my like late teens, early twenties that just will never stop being my favorite. And mm. I bet I would go back and read them again. Mm. Like like what so my my first on my list would be outlander by diana gabaldon i think anybody oh in my that's the book...
2: tv series is based on yeah
1: it's a tv it's in... so there's the good and the bad i'm so glad it became a tv series because i think that brought that story to a lot more people mm-hmm. but if you read the book especially before you ever saw the tv series the thing i loved about the book is that the main character she's so like you can put your own stamp on her and really imagine like how she would be and things like that and you know when it goes to tv they really um I don't know what the right term is for it I don't want to say whitewash or even just like Mm hollywoodify it like Mm -hmm. you know she's way thinner than she is in the book and things like that right right just, you know, they have to make it physically appealing so more people watch. Yeah. But in the book, she's so, such a strong character. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, she falls in love with this amazing man that's not from our time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that one, I've read, I read it twice. And I probably would read it again. And I think to everyone, I just recommend if you just need a sort of like escapist, I don't know it's like an escapist and kind of makes you think like what would I do too if I was completely out of my element how would I survive and it I think even while I was reading it I kept saying to me like if the world comes to an end I have no skills like I have no skills
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've had that worry awesome like what am I going to do
1: (laughs) yeah like oh my gosh if
2: I fall through a rock and end up back in time I don't know what I would do I'm stuck (laughs) right I'm like, I've I'm only counted Castaway, kill. but just because I watched Castaway doesn't mean I know how to start a fire. I'm doomed. Yeah, it's game over. <laughs> when I camp, I glamp. Like I'm just not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be making it. Um, that's my number one. How about you? Like, what book would you bring? Or books? I'm sure you have. A, you have a, probably a larger list than I do. Right. Let's see. Hmm.
2: I've got a few favorite authors where it's, like, it's uh, it's more important to bring something from that author more than the specific book itself, just because mm-hmm. their voice and their writing is important to me. Like, something from Michael Ondaatje, just because he's, like, a long-time favorite of mine. Um, he wrote The English Patient, but The English Patient is maybe one of my least favorite of his. Mm. Um so I'd bring one of his, probably something by F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh something. Maybe Eve Babbitt's just because it's very rare to find a writer who is funny. You know, like it's yeah. she's just very accessible and just a messy person that I feel like is a it's important to have her in literature just because it's not like it's not high art but that's important because everybody needs to enjoy it and they shouldn't have to worry like oh I'll never be a reader because I'm not interested in reading Charles Dickens or whatever right like there's just so much variety and she's a great example of like fantastic variety
1: yeah I agree I I know like I kind of hate that like, I don't know if she's the same, but I do hate the terminology like chicklet uh-huh. and and things like that. I've, like, sometimes you need like everyone has a need for different type, th- a different style of writing or a different level of like what you need right now. Like maybe like, you know, one day you might want to read some like uh, I read a true story about a woman from Palestine where she was lit on fire and survived. And it was so inspiring. And her message was so great but coming out of that I was so angry with the world like I was so mad and like coming out of that I needed something lighter so then I would go to like the next book would be a much much lighter book because I don't want everything that I read to skew my perception of the world and to think of the world negatively because all I read is you know sad stories or you know like traumatic experiences so Mm -hmm. I think there's there's a place for other types of writing as well
2: Mm
1: -hmm. like we need it all I do agree. You, do you have any um, do you have any other other favorites that you'd bring?
0: Do you have anything that people that you'd recommend for this time right now, either because of the topic or just how it made you feel that you think would be a, a good a good pick for people right now in this situation?
2: Uh, sure. okay if I mentioned um, tiny, beautiful things by Cheryl Strayed, I think if you are struggling. And if there's things that you're kind of having a hard time processing, that is a really helpful book because it's based on her advice column from the Rumpus. So it's like people write in letters and she responds and her responses are so beautiful. It's so human. So it's a good book to read where somebody else is also dealing with their shit, but she's kind of asking the right questions but not in the like she kind of just brings you deeper and just reflects you back to yourself and it's like this is a really hard thing but it's going to be okay so I guess Mm -hmm. if you need to not like not have anything sugar-coated but still be told like this is the work you have to do and it's going to be okay that would be a a great one um and another one that is just it's in the title it's called the book of delights by Ross Gay um Mm -hmm. and I I think he started writing the book on his birthday um, and he was like, okay, every day for this year in my life, I'm going to write about something that delights me. And that would be great if somebody needs, you know, just to have something positive, mm-hmm. but not cheesy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, it sounds interesting. It makes me want to get back into reading.
2: <laughs> yeah. Short stories are good. Um yeah, I don't know. I, if I think of more, I'll throw them back in there.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I think I think mine would be um I think uh John Kabat-Zinn's books. Um he's um a molecular biologist who um kind of went off early in his life. He, he had scientist parents and he went off and did the kind of Buddhist monk lifestyle for a while and learned all about meditation and mindfulness. And now he's kind of considered like the godfather of mindful meditation, Uh, but he does it all Mm. science-based out of the university of Massachusetts. And uh, I think he has a couple, like three maybe books uh, and they're all really amazing. And they were pretty much apart from um, Eckhart Tolle's famous book that came out and kind of was the first real thing I read about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. I think apart from that, uh, Jon Kabat-Zinn's books are probably the biggest impact of any books mm-hmm. on my life. Mm-hmm. And I know from my sister did as well. And I think you read them.
1: No, I didn't. I actually, he has an amazing speaking voice. And so mm-hmm. I listened to the audiobook and it's just like, cause he reads it, I think the way he wants
2: you to hear it.
0: Well, and he leads a meditation. Yeah. So it's that same way of speaking.
2: Oh yeah. I-, I love that you brought that up, Michelle, because I'm like, there's definitely books that I liked a lot more just because I listened to it via Mm -hmm. like audio um yeah which is a which is a really great audiobook that you love
1: oh well that that would be it that would be my number one Mm -hmm. I used to listen to it while just doing the dishes and that one I think for a year I was listening to it just like listening to parts because sometimes things like especially because his is it, it was it was also teaching me something at the same time. So although you make it through the book, I know I couldn't totally absorb or wasn't ready to absorb some of the things he said. So I'd go back and listen to parts. And for a long time, there was this one sort of guided meditation that he goes through that it was kind of like about letting go of the stress of the day and things like that. And for I think about half a year, I'd listen to it almost every day before bed. Mm. And just like just the sound of his voice and just like the message he's trying to get across mm-hmm. just. It makes me I, if I could find like that one in particular, it was a snippet that was on YouTube and then it was taken down. If I could figure out <laughs> what part of the book that was from or like what what that was from, I would I would listen to it again. It's just that it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Is there like if if there's a book out there that you think is great, but it's better that someone listen to it as as the audiobook, Is there one that you'd recommend?
2: Uh, oh, there's a bunch like obviously Becoming by Michelle Obama. It was amazing to hear her read it um Mm -hmm. through her voice uh which other ones are good um if anybody wants to really hunker down with something long but surprisingly amazing gone with the wind on audio (laughs) is so fantastic i cannot believe how hard i got sucked into this book because i guess because every time i've seen it i'm like oh it looks like a harlequin romance because the covers are always so ugly and (laughs) It looks like it's going to be terrible, but I read it a few years ago and it's shocking how good it is. Um, so that's a really good one in audio. Daisy Jones and the Six is going to come out as a TV show soon, is being produced. And that is a book that is much better on audio than it is when you read it on the page.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you said Daisy? I'm I'm writing these down at the same time. Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah, it's about a fictional rock band, I think, from the seventies. Mm, interesting.
1: Yeah, I prefer like I think now even just with not having the time to sit down, like like I said, like cleaning the kitchen or doing something else, I can listen to something. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can still get you can still get the book.
2: Right, and that's kind of not. one of like the first pleasures of reading is like having your teacher or like your mom or dad read to you when you're really yeah. young. Like that's a very um, primitive is not the right word but I don't know it's usually your pleasure sensory pleasure of experiencing stories I guess
0: and like one of the first indirect ways of learning I think Mm -hmm. because you learn from your experience of walking around and seeing your parents and what everybody's doing but then having somebody read to you about something that you have to use your imagination might be kind of like the first time you really have to do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like
2: a different way for our brains to taken in information that we don't really use very much anymore like do you two find each other's would you say that you find each other's reading voices to be good reading voices like would you be like okay you need i want you to read me a story before i go to bed today and vice versa uh
1: i don't know because we like obviously we mostly read kids books out loud mm-hmm. so
0: i i don't yeah. love reading out loud like I, I, it's, it's not like uh like I know I had friends at school who hated reading out loud because the, the pressure yeah and even for sure. sometimes doesn't like that, and I didn't have that aspect of it as was always comfortable reading. Mm-hmm. i just I don't know something about it. I just maybe it's because it makes a slow activity even slower, so you really <laughs> have to kind of you really have to commit to being in the mm-hmm. moment, and maybe that's the thing I struggle with, yeah, so I'm, I'm not a lover of
2: reading out right loud. we just want to be the audience that's yeah that's good yes. best. um I have to say that somebody who has the sexiest reading voice I is I, I heard this episode of modern love the podcast and Colin Farrell reads this essay oh my god <laughs> I know that it's like <laughs> so basic just to be like this person's accent is amazing it? it's the accent but also his voice like the way he read yeah. that essay I'm like I had no idea that it could be so much better when, when an actor reads it. It was incredible. I don't remember what that, it's called, I... but if anybody wants to Google Modern Love and Colin Farrell, it's a fantastic essay.
1: I can totally believe that. Did you ever read the book? I'm totally blanking on her name right now. But the author that wrote about it was basically about depression with a romance um, in there somewhere. And everyone said he was the romantic male in that story. Do you remember who that was the
2: romantic male?
1: Oh, I forget, but that was a book I cried so much through that book. It was really about um her struggle with depression and her relationship with her therapist. but in that she has a relationship with i think it's it's a it's a bio it's an autobiography without with, with skewing some details because it's about real people but anyway, one of the relationships she has in there is apparently with colin Farrell oh, interesting. I can't remember the name right now, but yeah, that one, I cried all through that book. It was just, I have never had someone articulate what depression is like so well. Like I've never just read it. Like, oh, you would always get a lot of like scientific, like this is what it's like. This is what people are experiencing. But to actually have someone be able to articulate what it's like. Yes, right. Oh my goodness. It was just yeah I cried, I cried so much through that book but anyway in it she like part of the the thing is about how sexy he is and all these things so I could totally believe he would just be an amazing
2: an amazing narrator mm-hmm. yes that's like really excellent homework for all of us in our lives right now Is like to find more sexiness to bring into our quarantine <laughs> depression like everybody's got to be yeah. freaking depressed it's like we need more sexiness than we have going yeah. on <laughs> yeah oh my goodness
0: um maybe before we go do you have any recommendations for i don't know if you if you dabble in this world anymore but any books or stories for kids that you'd recommend if you had to buy parker a book
2: how old is he again
0: he's sick almost seven
2: yeah he's almost seven um let's see The classics are still classics. Everything by Roald Dahl, obviously, is just Mm -hmm. magic. I'm sure there's so many amazing children's lit out there now that we just don't know. Or maybe you guys do because your parents are shopping for him. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to remember the stuff that I loved as a kid. Like Frog and Toad, Roald Dahl, um, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing.
0: (laughs) oh yeah oh right yeah he's still a little bit probably too young but it's coming but um yeah the one the one classic that uh we do read to him is the giving mm-hmm. tree which uh is an amazing classic
1: <laughs> it makes me feel so sad
2: every time yeah,
0: it's I know, just about so like cool. a like, boy
2: why yeah. is the tree so going through this man <laughs> I
1: don't. I don't even know what the lesson is in the end. I'm like, what is is this like self-sacrificing for your kids? I don't know. Like, it makes me feel so sad. Every yeah, time. I think
0: I cried. It was like the first time we got it. Parker was like really young, and like we like he hadn't slept in two mm. years, and like it was just like a messy time. And then I read it, and like I don't remember it being this depressing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's dark. I think like it's dark, man. Yeah. Maybe something or that's good for like shorter attention spans for t- today's kids. is like um, choose mm-hmm. your own adventure because then you just have to get to the end of the page. Right. You remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I forgot about those.
1: Yeah. Um, just while we were talking, I looked it up quickly because I would just be so upset if people didn't hear what book it was. It's called Your Voice in My Head by Emma Forrest. Oh,
2: okay. I feel like I recognize that author's name, but I don't know of the book yeah it just like she talks about yeah just her like battle with depression like
1: while trying to live a normal Mm -hmm. life and um her suicide attempts and things like that and it just was it hit home in so many ways and i just Mm -hmm. yeah that
0: was what girl interrupted was for me was yeah yeah that voice
2: isn't it surprising that like to you know talk about like content that's really hard like dealing with like the hardest stuff but it's so healing to read it because Mm -hmm. it gives you so much to have somebody else articulate like this is what it feels like you know and you don't have to have that frustration of trying to share with like a friend or your partner or your family and hoping that they're getting what you're feeling but to read it through somebody else is really healing it's really great strangely (laughs) and it's
1: it's strange that it also sort of validates for yourself that what you went through was real Mm -hmm. like I think sometimes especially with um depression or anxiety or things like that especially for people who have never dealt with it and don't know how to Mm. deal with it or like just they don't understand to try to explain that to someone is very difficult because it's all it's all encompassing it's all consuming and so when you read read these stories from other people it kind of validates like I did go I did go through that like that's real even if people around me can't Mm -hmm. understand why like, especially if your life looks pretty good, like, why, why mm-hmm, are you depressed? Mm-hmm. Like, get over it. But it doesn't work. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. And so
2: I find that's where books can be so healing more than mm-hmm. people. Definitely, That's exactly um, James Baldwin says, like, something along the same lines where it's like, you know, you think that everything you go through, you're the only one who's ever experienced, like, this specific mm-hmm. type of heartbreak or this difficulty or whatever but he's like oh but then I read and I realize that I am connected to everybody else like nothing that I've gone through has only been mine which is yeah it's really great to have that kind of connection which we need
1: yeah I yeah I agree there's like this connection that books bring amen oh I'm just like I'm like feeling all emotional
2: (laughs) right now we're all like oh as soon as we get off this call, we're going to go and like surround ourselves with like four books and read them all simultaneously. But really we're, <laughs> we're to finish our drink, turn on the TV.
0: turn <laughs> on Netflix, watch too hot.
1: Well,
2: I don't Netflix. know. I
1: think, I think now that you've given me some good suggestions about audiobooks, books, uh, it's that that's where I'm at in life. Like uh, it's not good. I'm not going to be able to sit down and read something in, on, in, on paperback, but I can listen to something and I can get just as much from it by listening. Mm-hmm. So agreed, I will do that rather than listening to my dance hall while I. Well, <laughs> we, is that what you were dancing well, to I, for your exercise? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hip hop and then um, dance hall. Those are the the two that, I, that nice. I do a lot, mostly dance hall. My big, sorry, you were going to say something. Else?
0: No, I was just saying it's similar to like, I listen to a lot of podcasts and that's, you know it's some version of that of just listening to other people's stories
2: which ones are your favorite like what is both of your kind of content recommendations in whatever form like music or a podcast
0: I I think I've spoken about this before but uh Tiger Mm -hmm. Belly
1: yeah that one we watched Mm -hmm. together so we we, it's a podcast but they um put it on YouTube Mm -hmm. as well so we watch it just while we're doing that so it's on it's on the TV but we're really listening cuz usually we're like stretching or doing something else well right do you have another one
0: um i i generally stick with cuz when i'm looking for uh content to consume i'm trying to make myself feel good and so it's mm-hmm. usually just comedians so like bill burr is can be really funny at times mm-hmm. and um
1: what's my mother's house or my mama's house What's that one yeah, that watch? Your,
0: your mama's house. Your Mama's house they're all comedians and a lot of the time it's like a husband and wife team which I think work really well and I think Tiger belly might have motivated Michelle to kind of give this a go a little mm-hmm. bit yeah and uh, what are the names Kalila and
1: Bobby
0: Lee, Bobby Lee. yeah, yeah. The, those are the that's the husband and wife mm-hmm. team I'll
1: yeah, I, lo- I like Bill Burr's just
2: because he gets so angry. Yeah, <laughs> he just gets he's got so, so rage. Angry. I love comedians and, that just like yell about things that they're pissed at and you're just laughing along because you're like, yes, me too.
1: Well, Or even sometimes I'm so angry before I start watching. And then I just to see that anger reflected back. I'm like, OK, life is like I need to calm down. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting
0: mad about bananas. Like, <laughs> why would you ever be this mad about bananas?
1: <laughs> yeah how how about you do you have anything that you like listen to or escape into uh
2: yeah like definitely like comedy like you say is great because like laughter is such a good release kind of like if you're crying over a good book like that's a really helpful release laughter Mm -hmm. is also and other times just like being pulled into something that takes you completely out of your daily world and just what you're experiencing day to day. Like, I don't know if there's anybody left who hasn't. Uh, what is that podcast called? What is that crime podcast that kind of started the giant boom? Yeah, yeah,
0: I can't remember the uh, name.
2: I'm gonna go crazy if I can't think of it. I'm like, I can remember the yeah, guy's yeah. name, Adnan.
0: <laughs> I never listened Cereal. to
2: Serial. Uh, okay, I, if anybody is left yeah. who oh. has not listened to Serial. It is amazing escapism to get sucked into.
1: Yeah. I'm just sometimes I like them and other times I'm like I come out being like, people are horrible. I need better locks (laughs) on
2: my doors. I trust no one. (laughs) Don't worry. What you learn from the podcast is that everybody's cell phone pings are being traced. (laughs) oh my god if anything happens to you michelle before, we'll know what to ask because of that podcast we'll be like okay trace this person's phone who did they text and what telus tower did that ping off of well especially
0: yeah. now that all oh, the yeah. new covid things are happening and all the social tracking is going mm-hmm. on it, it'd be hard it'd be so, it's so much harder to be a criminal now than yeah. like 50 years ago
2: oh all the poor criminals
1: out there i know <laughs> It doesn't stop people though. It's amazing. It does not stop people.
0: Well, I'm sure it stops some people.
1: Maybe some people.
2: But there's still so yeah, many. If there's but... any criminals out there that are really struggling, please just know we'd, yeah, we'd it's like not, to hear.
0: C- serial killing's not as lucrative of a business as it used to be. You need, need a career change. Yeah.
2: yeah. They've had to pivot yeah. big time. What's their strategy now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> stalking people on instagram yeah maybe the maybe the uber eats drivers are the new targets that really need to be safe yeah you know i i i bet no but like, that's tracked too I bet so they're fine oh that's true yeah even your whole trip yeah is tracked. good thing now now they're yeah. fine and also our dinners are safe so all is yeah. all as well. <laughs> well
1: oh this has been so much fun i just uh yeah i it's amazing how far down we can go like down the rabbit hole to talk about books and podcasts. And I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure we've got hours left to talk
2: about We I mean,
0: didn't even talk. We barely t- spoke about COVID I at know. all. I
1: don't yeah,
2: think it's a bad thing. No, it's a <laughs> yeah. thing. yeah, yeah, It'll still be there waiting for us on the other side. So it's a good getaway right. with you guys. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I know like it's, it's late for all of us. But um, like, just, just to remind people to check out your ink on us, ink.on.us Instagram, because we do. It's amazing. It really is. Like, I, I've always followed you at the Salt on Ink one, and I didn't notice that you had put it on there. And when I showed you Neve, that was the big, like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was out there. And I know her. <laughs> awesome
0: and if you ever want to get into the business side there's that's literally my like what books are to you is me having conversations about social media yeah is to me (laughs) so I'll always open you can literally call me or night and I'll be like all right here's 17 ideas
2: (laughs) amazing I might need it It might need to be my new quarantine career you know (laughs) like nobody wants marketing anymore
1: now now's the time
0: yeah I definitely I definitely think you you could achieve some some sort of success with it for sure if you really committed and had that kind of mindset that you wanted something to come out of it more than just the art of awesome. it.
1: Awesome!
2: Thanks, Neve. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much. This has been a blast. I yeah. I wish we had. We have, I wish We, we had have whole to go evening. put Parker
0: to bed because he's <laughs> been watching iPads. He's this like, night. No, he's the best night. Saturday
1: <laughs> ever." Yeah. He peeked out at one point, point. <laughs> but he's like, "Yes, they're still
2: going." <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. Enjoy the rest of the Yeah, your let's weekend, do this again. And I hope that everybody too. found something new to look up and read from our conversation.
1: Yeah. And let's do this again sometime. This will be a lot of fun. Maybe we maybe we can convince um some other avid readers, like maybe amrit and Bethany would want to drop by one day and we can just have some wine and talk mm-hmm. about books. I'd love that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Echo. Good have night, a great night. So bye, Echo. Bye.